Hello there. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to listen to Up in Flames. I'm your host, but more importantly, your advocate, Abby Bolt. I created Up in Flames as an effort to stoke a few fires and ignite moral courage in the workplace. The majority of my experience is as a federal employee, so that's my base. However, this mission will stretch out far beyond the federal workforce and discuss challenges and solutions for local government, private sector, and beyond. Up in Flames is made possible by you, my patrons. If you aren't a patron yet, please take a moment and visit patreon.com slash upinflamespodcast. There you will have access to behind-the-scenes footage, interesting background details not shared on here, and early access to episodes created solely for the patrons who support this effort. For less than a cup of coffee, you can be a member and support the Up in Flames tribe. My hope is to continue this mission with the support of people out there in the thick of it, those who are looking back at their time in the workplace or new folks just coming up as contributing members of a professional community, all hoping to make it a better place. Now, please, don't forget to hit subscribe. I don't want you to miss out on the other episodes. Leave a review and be sure to share this podcast with anyone you feel could benefit from it. If you have feedback or info to share, please email me at abbyitupinflames.org anytime. I would love to hear from you. Now, enjoy the episode. Let's talk about examples of workplace perception and conflict issues. I was reviewing Small Business Chronicles and came across this article by Lisa Bigelow. In the workplace, conflict and dispute doesn't exist without a pre-existing perception problem. When a perception problem exists between two people, each believes that they have incompatible interests. Now, identifying the source of the conflict before it turns into a dispute, such as an argument or, God forbid, a lawsuit, it's essential to maintaining productivity and just balance in the entire workplace. The issue of it's just a job, those people who are just there to collect a paycheck, they're just there till retirement hits, versus people who are there for career aspirations with still with motivation and passion. A huge perception and conflict issue exists when colleagues have differing ideas about their respective professional futures. Like, let's take two people. Let's say June and John. (laughs) Sorry, I do like Johnny Cash. John is anxious to get ahead and frequently spends extra hours in the office. He takes on additional assignments and he's viewed by June as kissing up, sucking up to the boss. June views these actions and John with disdain and maybe some anger. While June's perception and her fear is that John is making her work look bad, John may be fulfilling a lifelong dream. Or perhaps he was out of work for several months and now he's really excited about this. Or he may have a personal issue that causes him to work extra hard. Then there's personal problems. Serious personal problems such as death, divorce, concerns about family also have a habit of finding their way into our work lives. For example, John may be re-entering the workforce after a prolonged period of unemployment. Maybe he's behind on his mortgage or he's got a pregnant wife. He's grateful for the work and feeling better about himself after months of trouble. John may have difficulty perceiving why June doesn't work harder and isn't more thankful for what she has. And John might perceive Jane as lazy. Then there's cultural differences. Cultural differences can have an enormous impact in the workplace. I was doing a little research and I found something on latpro.com and it says that differences between American and Northern European cultures and Latino cultures are so significant that differences must be addressed in advance. For example, Latino cultures place a premium on the value of the relationship and they'll protect it at all costs. 
Western cultures place a premium on directness and time management. Ignoring these cultural approaches can imperil workplace harmony. Now, if June, a Latina, is late to a meeting, John, a Westerner, may perceive this action as rude. Meanwhile, June might be speaking to a colleague and reluctant to end the conversation for fear of succumbing to the clock. She doesn't want to be rude from her perception. Then management styles. Management styles also have a profound effect on workplace perception and conflict issues. Let's say a manager is hands-off. She may be perceived as not caring enough about the work her staff does. Alternatively, a manager may be so detail-oriented and anxious that she's perceived as not trusting her employees to do their jobs. I think that's where we all start talking about micromanagement. The former may lead to apathy on the part of those aren't self-motivated. The latter may lead to resentment among those who are. Ironically, June and John may find that they can agree on one topic, the inadequacy of their boss. Now let's talk about how an employee's perception is your culture reality. So when I was a kid one time, I think it was a teacher asked me, what color is the sky? And I said blue, most likely like duh. (laughs) She then pointed out that the version of blue that I saw in the sky might not be the same that she saw. As a kid, I never thought about the nuances of perception before. I mean, I naturally assumed that we saw the same blue sky because we were both people with eyeballs and that's probably just how it was. There's a company called Culture IQ, and they really hone in on the culture of the workplace. I've been checking out some of their written information on the issue and found a lot of it quite interesting. Do you guys remember when that white gold or blue and black dress, depending on how you saw it, practically broke the internet? Thousands of people viewed the same photo and saw a completely different color scheme. You've probably heard the phrase, perception is reality. We all view the world from a unique perspective, and While we can be aware that other perceptions exist, we tend to live within our own. This means that all of your workplace's stakeholders, which, you know, customers, employees, shareholders, whatever it might be, contractors, different departments, it could really range across the board. They base their reality on their perception. So not only is are those you serve is their perception your reality, But all the employees around you, their perception is the reality of your workplace or the reality of your agency or your company. So think about it. What, how are your employees perceiving what's going on? Because that, that is your culture. And if your culture is struggling, a lot of it has to do with perception. And if you need to improve it, you've got to do something to improve the perception. Here's a really great, like just business-based example. Let's say that you're presenting during an important meeting. And you notice that your boss, your manager is typing on their laptop or on their phone while you're speaking. Your perception is, oh my gosh, I put so much work into this presentation and my boss is multitasking. She doesn't think the work I do is important enough to warn her full attention. But your boss's perception is, I know how much work he put into this and I'm going to take diligent notes to share with him afterwards. Now let's say your boss gets busy and forgets to share her notes with you. How would you feel? How would that impact the way that you behave next time your manager or your boss wants you to present something. Without constantly communicating openly about every situation, it's difficult to see these misalignments in perception, but it's crucial to know that they do exist. How do you identify and understand perceptions? Well, that brings me to another point that I've been wanting to talk about because it's really hard to identify or get people to talk about perceptions without doing this crappy thing that we all hate, which are workplace surveys. And the reason I use the term crappy is because that's kind of the attitude that goes out there whenever we see them because, oh my gosh, it's another survey. It's another email. It's another 10 minutes I have to click on. It's, I have to put something in there. 
it's not going to be anonymous. I'm afraid somebody's going to know. What if I what if I share this and someone finds out and I get retaliated on? I don't have time for this. Last time I filled one out, nobody did anything about it. You know, all the reasons go on and on and on. When really we want people to realize that by putting out surveys, even if it's just to get you to see the perception or think the perception that management actually cares. And a lot of times people are afraid to do it in person, but they will do it in a survey or some sort of feedback like a survey. There has to be a way that everybody can figure out if different groups agree or disagree. And if the data they collect shows that there's a misalignment between employee groups or between management and the employee groups, then you got to dig in and gather better insight. As they say, there are two sides to every story. And whether you're an individual contributor, a manager, or an executive, a ground pounder, or you run a chainsaw, I challenge you to grab a hold of any of these opportunities that you have. Some of this white noise that's in your inbox. Open that that email that you'd rather just delete and go ahead and let your opinion and your feelings be heard. Choose to be open and understanding and don't be afraid to say why you perceive something a certain way or ask what can be changed or do better. Even when you feel like you've been slamming them over the head with things that need to improve, don't ever stop. Don't ever be afraid to speak up, at least in some way. If you can't speak up verbally or in a meeting or face-to-face with management, then these surveys are your opportunity to help not only yourself, but someone else. Maybe you're close to retirement or you're over it or whatever it might be, but think about those behind you. Taking the time to submit some information, taking the time to give your opinion and your true feelings on the issues could really help someone, you know, coming up behind you. So do that for them. Never know. Could be your kids, could be your niece and nephews. You got to help them out. We got to help out our future. Okay. So this brings me to the smoke jumper update. As many of you know, I did a recent episode called Smoke Jumper Speaks Out, Speaks Up. I can't remember how I titled that. And it's a bit controversial. It's got a lot of pieces in there that some folks do and do not agree with. And I've been hearing a lot of feedback ever since. So I'm going to do response to that. But I just wanted to remind you, everybody, that when I do interviews like that, it's a conversation. When I had an interview with the firefighter that transitioned during her time in fire, we had a conversation on the phone, just like we would naturally. Like if someone came to me and I was asking them questions about their life, who they are, how it's how it's going. Same thing with this jumper. We are just having the same conversation that we might have struck up on the line at a party in the bar. And uh, this person was bidding my ear with some things that were going on in their life and their viewpoint, their perception of the situation. That's what I'm sharing. And then when you talk like that, you do get, especially if you have a, a situation like mine that relates to a lot of what he's talking about, it's easy to get wrapped up in. And, you know, but like I said, many times in that episode, I only know what he's telling me at this point. I wasn't there. You know, I don't know all of that. And there's a lot of people that have reached out to me and said, thank you for talking about this stuff. They don't even know that person or know their story. It's just talking about these issues in general. So, but anyway, in the in the follow-up episode that I'm going to do, we will talk more about that, more about the uh, interview itself, more about some other perceptions and some written facts that have been sent to me from others. The kicker is though, if someone does send me information or tells me about their perception or experience, I won't share the name of the person who's providing me the information unless they give me permission to do so. That doesn't mean that I won't share names that were dropped. Now, the only reason that I even beeped out any names in that last episode was just because I didn't want it to be so focused on the who. 
So if a name was dropped in there once or twice, I just allowed that because this is how someone perceived it. And I want there to be transparency. I want to talk about names so that people can then either bounce back and say like, I, Hey, that was my name and I was there. And this is actually how I perceive that it went down, or this is actually what happened from my point of view. So when I talk about confidentiality and holding names back, it's of the people who provide me information, not necessarily names or employers or agencies that they dropped. And we'll talk about this and a whole lot more in the follow-up episode. So be sure to subscribe so that you guys don't miss when that episode does come out. And be sure to catch all of my Quick Tip Tuesdays. It is truly an honor to serve you. Those of you who've left a review or sent an email to abby at upinflames.org, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you. For behind-the-scene info, backstories, and content no one else is getting, check out patreon.com slash upinflamespodcast. Of course, you can check out abbybolt.com for all that and much more, including several valuable resources you won't find anywhere else. Keep checking in because it will be growing and improving every day, along with my other podcast, Her Brotherhood, where we celebrate triumph over tragedy and women who put their lives on the line. Now, I bet you know someone who would also appreciate this podcast, so go ahead, hit that share button, and let's do a good thing together. I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, choose the hard right over easy silence. With the firefighter that transitioned during her time in fire, 